various media networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Disqualified. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Wednesday, December 20th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. The front runner in the Republican presidential primary won't be on the ballot in Colorado. Here, the state Supreme Court's ruling against Donald Trump. Negotiations have reportedly begun between Hamas and its Palestinian rivals over how to govern Gaza after the war with Israel and ends. You- A new initiative by the IRS will offer relief to millions of Americans who owe back taxes. And the spotlight now focused on ketamine after it was found in the late actor Matthew Perry. It's also a party drug, sort of nicknamed Special K, because it has hallucinogenic properties and it sort of gives you this out-of-body dissociative feeling. And um, finally, more, more recently, it's become increasingly popular as a drug that's used for mental health treatment at, at lower doses. Brianna Abbott at the Wall Street Journal on the different uses of ketamine and the new scrutiny that it's under. The Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump cannot appear on the 2024 presidential primary ballot in the centennial state because of his actions surrounding the riot at the U.S. Capitol nearly two years ago. The court said, quote, he incited and encouraged the use of violence and lawless action to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. A group of Colorado voters were arguing in a lawsuit that he was disqualified under a clause in the 14th Amendment that disqualifies you if you, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. In reaction, Trump says he plans to evict President Biden. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. I just happen to be standing in their way, and I always will stand in their way. The historic 4-3 ruling likely will be taken up by the U.S. Supreme Court. The ruling applies only to Colorado's March 5 Republican primary. Meanwhile, rival Vivek Ramaswamy says he'll remove himself from Colorado's primary in solidarity with Trump. The political leaders of Hamas have been talking with their Palestinian rivals about how to govern Gaza and the West Bank after the war with Israel ends. Hussam Badran, a member of Hamas's political bureau, told the Wall Street Journal, quote, we want the war to end. Israel's response to the terror attacks by Hamas in October have left roughly 20,000 Palestinians dead, according to health authorities there. Meanwhile, can the new international coalition led by the U.S., put an end to the militia attacks on commercial ships in the Red Sea. Here's State Department spokesman Matthew Miller. The Houthis' reckless attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea threaten the free flow of commerce in the region's vital waterways, endanger innocent ship workers, and are a flagrant affront to international law. Simply put, these attacks threaten global prosperity. So far, only nine other politically similar nations are confirmed to have joined on to rein in the Houthis, an armed group backed by Iran. The new coalition announced this week includes just seven NATO allies and two small island nations. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman to serve on the Supreme Court, has been saluted as a trailblazing jurist who served as a role model for millions. She died December 1st in Phoenix at the age of 93. Until her retirement in 2006, O'Connor was the Supreme Court's ideological center for more than two decades. All nine sitting justices and retired Justice Anthony Kennedy were on hand for yesterday's ceremony at the National Cathedral in Washington to honor her. Chief Justice John Roberts was among those who eulogized the late justice. Her leadership shaped the legal profession. 
making it obvious that judges are both women and men. The time when women were not on the bench seemed so far away because Justice O'Connor was so good when she was on the bench. Nominated to the Supreme Court by President Ronald Reagan and confirmed by the Senate unanimously, O'Connor was the first woman justice in the court's 191-year history. More than four decades after her historic confirmation, four women now sit on the Supreme Court. Hey everyone, it's Gordon Deal here to talk about some of the most fun you can have if you love sports, and that's with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You pick more than or less than on a handful of player projections and watch the winnings roll in. For example, mix and match football and basketball. Maybe your entry is Christian McCaffrey for more than 99 yards rushing and Jason Tatum for fewer than eight rebounds. If you know your stuff, you can turn 10 bucks into $250 with just a few taps. My friends and I love it. To get started and have your first deposit matched up to $100, go to prizepicks.com deal and use code deal. Also, if a player you pick gets injured and leaves the game, PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Your player is rebooted. prizepicks.com deal and use the code deal. That's prizepicks.com deal and the code DEAL. Again, prizepicks.com slash deal and code DEAL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday. Influencer marketing pioneered years ago by the culture industries and fashion and beauty brands is now big business. And 2024 is shaping up as the first serious influencer election. More from Max Tani, reporter at Semaphore. Max, explain. Over the past few years, there several companies have emerged uh, both on the right, uh, on the left, and to a lesser degree um, on the right, uh, to basically connect uh, political campaigns, causes, nonprofits, and uh, and influencers. Um, the reason for this being, as you know, and as many people have, uh, as pe- people's media habits have have changed uh, over the past several years, people are watching less uh, linear television uh, than they used to. They're doing more streaming. They're spending more time on social media feeds and apps. And that's something that uh, political campaigns have, have have taken note of because, you know, the old-fashioned thing that you would do uh, in a political campaign would to be to uh, buy a bunch of television ads and just, you know, spam, you know, uh, flood the airwaves. Uh, so now these, uh, now campaigns are trying to think differently as the media landscape changes. And one of the tactics of uh, that they're employing uh, in order to reach people is essentially uh, paying influencers um, uh, of small and small, large, medium-sized audiences. Um, you know, people who are trusted in their, uh, you know, around uh, certain topics, yeah. uh, whether that be politics or or, or otherwise, um, to kind of get their message out. And these companies basically serve as a as a middleman uh, to connect the campaigns or the causes. Okay. And and political influencers, so or what, and and the influencers. What kind of messages might they be uh, you know, like like paid to push, so to speak? I, I mean, I think it's all kinds of it's all kinds of stuff. Uh, the examples that we use in our story are um, things around uh, power plant regulations, and it's it's things as you know, kind of uh, weedsy as that, or just you know, get out the vote. Um, I think another example we used is uh, there was a there was a, a midterm campaign uh, last year. 
um, aimed at just even just a super, super micro targeted campaign trying to get people out for phone banking to sign up for phone banking in Kentucky. And that's actually one of the things that campaigns uh, really like uh, about uh, about influencers is and about digital advertising in general is you can really, really micro target. If you just want to get 50 people to do something in an area, you might be able to uh, find an influencer, you know, in uh, someone who uh, has a medium-sized following in that area, hmm. uh, connect with them, and essentially help, you know, pay them to uh, to 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 help um, uh, to help get your message out. Wow. But it's it's all different types of it's all different types of speech. Is there disclosure by the influencers? So that's that's one of the things that actually is uh, is the most interesting uh, about this. And and you know if you're uh, you know uh, if if you're maybe a bit more cynical or critical, you might look at this and say this is really the negative part, which is uh, there are no required disclosures um, for 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 political speech. Um, and so a lot of these ads, uh, a lot of the influencers are uh, pretty are, are pretty smart they've they've gotten to uh, the places that they have because uh, you know their audiences trust them so a lot of influencers will voluntarily say hey I'm working with uh, this campaign or I'm working with this uh, organization um, and so they, they'll disclose themselves but most of the platforms don't uh, require disclosures TikTok I think frowns upon it um, uh, but but there are no laws or regulations uh, as of right now saying that influencers have to um, place something, uh, a tag or something on their uh, on their posts saying that they're being paid to do it. And actually, you know, when we talked to when I talked to some of these companies, they acknowledged that um, it's actually not particularly good for business. The second you slap a hashtag on there saying that it's an ad or that it's paid for, um, the algorithms for a lot of these social media companies don't like that, and they'll, um, you know, they'll 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 punish you for it essentially. Mm. Thanks, Max. Max Tani, media reporter at Semaphore. Twenty minutes after the hour on this morning. Here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now the three big things you need to know. Number one: the Colorado Supreme Court barred former President Trump from appearing on the state's ballots for next year's election due to his inciting the 2021 Capitol riot, but paused the decision from taking effect until January 4th. The delay allows Trump to ask the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the 4-3 ruling, which he plans to do. Trump spoke at an event in Waterloo, Iowa. We will evict Joe Biden from the White House and we will finish the job once and for all. The great silent majority is rising like never before. The Colorado Supreme Court determined there was significant evidence that showed, quote, President Trump engaged in insurrection, disqualifying him from serving as president under a provision in the Constitution. It's the first time a state court has agreed that Trump should be disqualified from the 2024 election because he championed the insurrection to overturn his 2020 election loss to Joe Biden. Number two. The Security Council's adoption of a new U.N. resolution to spur desperately needed aid to Gaza has been bogged down by two issues important to the U.S., a reference to a cessation of hostilities and putting the U.N. in charge of inspecting trucks to ensure they are actually carrying humanitarian goods. White House National Security Spokesperson John Kirby. 
We do support smaller, more localized, more targeted humanitarian pauses to get hostages out and to get more aid in. A vote on the Arab-sponsored resolution first postponed from Monday was pushed back again until today. Number three. The Senate has unanimously confirmed 11 top-ranking military officers ending a months-long blockade staged by a single Republican, Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. Without debate, the Senate swiftly confirmed the military officials yesterday, including four-star generals whose promotions and family livelihoods had been held up by the GOP senator protesting the Defense Department's policy on abortion. With the health emergency tied to the pandemic easing in 2023, much of the world started to return to some sense of normalcy. With that came new cultural events and terms that captured our attention, such as Taylor Swift and Barbenheimer. HBO's succession brought the stealth wealth trend to the fore. Strikes paralyzed Hollywood and NFTs hit new lows. All right. Thank you, Jen. Are you in this group? As the holiday season reaches its apex, 62% of adults say they're living paycheck to paycheck. Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC, has a look at new data from Lending Club. Jessica, what are we learning? We have had some good economic indicators. The economy seems to be growing. Inflation is cooling. The Federal Reserve just said they were going to back off of their rate hike campaign because inflation has eased over the last year. But even despite all of this news, households and everyday Americans are still feeling pretty squeezed by their expenses and just trying to meet their monthly, make their monthly bills and, um, you know, everything that they have to contend with these days. Does this point to inflation, Jessica? Well, even though inflation has been cooling, higher prices are still sticking around and that's not really going to change much. We're not going to see prices go down necessarily, although the rate of inflation has slowed. Okay. And where are we, say, compared to, I don't know, last year at this time? Well, that's the interesting thing in this report that I recently covered is that the number of households that say that they're living paycheck to paycheck is currently about 62%. Now that's exactly the same as it was a year ago. So nobody necessarily feels better off than they did in 2022 when prices, when we saw inflation even hotter and prices were reaching their peak. We're speaking with Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. Her piece is called 62% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. All right. So now we've in the fact that uh, we're in the midst of holiday shopping season. Yes, exactly. The tricky thing about this timing is that we are heading into peak holiday shopping. A lot of people plan to spend even more than they did a month or two ago. So that puts their budget really in a in a tight bind. Um there's been some reports out from the National Retail Federation expecting record spending this season. And also, we already know that credit card debt is at an all-time high. Interest, ra- interest rates are also up substantially. So that leaves very little breathing room in the budget. Boy, where are we with credit card debt right now? Credit card debt has topped a trillion. And most people are carrying larger balances. And they're also carrying revolving debt. That means they're not paying their credit cards in full at the end of every month. So they are getting hit with those sky high APRs, which now average over 20%. Boy, and I guess we do it, right? I mean, we willingly throw this stuff on a credit card, our, our holiday shopping, I mean, knowing that we're not going to be able to pay it off in some cases. 
a lot of people do that. They head into the holidays thinking, I'll put this on my credit card and I will try to tackle it in the new year. That's why we see so many of those financial resolutions in January to pay down debt and increase savings, but it's harder to do at these very high interest rates. So that would be my word of caution to consumers is don't put it on the credit card. That's a very expensive way to borrow money. Um, if anything, you can get a much better rate on a personal loan. There are some alternatives that will cost a little less in terms of just the interest rate or just stick to a budget as best you can. Thanks, Jessica. Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. By the way, if you've missed anything, be sure to check out a podcast of today's show available every day on the This Morning with Gordon Deal app, plus Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle-Made bed sheets. Miracle-Made uses silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle-Made is self-cleaning, self-cooling, luxurious, eco-friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. No fear. Just facts. This is America's First News This Morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday, December 20. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. The Colorado Supreme Court says Donald Trump has been disqualified from the presidential primary ballot. Oil prices trending higher over trade disruptions caused by Houthi attacks on ships in the Red Sea. Southern California bracing for its first significant winter storm of the season. The European Union today reached agreement on overhauling migration policy, illegal arrivals are up 17% from last year. A court rejects claims linking Tylenol to ADHD and autism. And TikTok to the rescue for needy teens in Las Vegas. That story in about 20 minutes. Actor Matthew Perry's death from the effects of ketamine has brought new scrutiny to the booming business to prescribe the powerful anesthetic to patients in clinics and online. More from Brianna Abbott, health reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Brianna, start with the basics of ketamine. Right, so ketamine is an anesthetic. And so for decades, it's been used to numb people in clinics and hospitals for for surgeries. And so it sort of has longstanding medical use. And it's also a party drug, sort of nicknamed Special K, because it has hallucinogenic properties and it sort of gives you this out-of-body dissociative feeling. And um, finally, more, more recently, it's become increasingly popular as a drug that's used for mental health treatment at, at lower doses because there are studies that show that it can be effective and helpful for severe depression and things like chronic pain and sort of other, other mental health issues. Wow. All right. So how do you take it? How is it administered? What's that? 
So that sort of, that really depends actually. So if we're talking for mental health and we're talking in the clinic, a lot of it is IV, um, like an IV drip or a shot that you sort of get injected into your arm. And um, there are some folks that actually do it at home as well. And in that case, it's usually a lozenge. And there is actually an FDA approved version of the drug um, called esketamine that is used for treatment resistant depression. And that is a nasal spray. So it comes in all sorts of shapes and forms. Okay, so this is some of what was in Matthew Perry's system. Um, How did he take it? So it's unclear. So what we know is that he was getting ketamine infusion therapy for anxiety and depression. And, but we also know that his last known treatment was a week and a half before his death. And the drug doesn't linger in, in the blood that long. So it's really the autopsy report said that his death was not caused by, you know, his last treatment at the clinic. And so it's really unclear whether or not he got more ketamine from a medical provider or if it was from the illicit market. So it's really hard to say, but we do know that he was on a dose that's sort of considered in the anesthetic range sort of at the time of his death. Mm. We're speaking with Brianna Abbott, health reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called Matthew Perry's Death darkens ketamine's startup glow. Um, What about side effects of ketamine? So side effects of ketamine, I'll I'll start by saying that, you know, the drug is relatively safe. It it is safe, especially under medical supervision. But some of the side effects um, when you take it are increased heart rate and blood pressure, um, obviously sort of disassociation. Sometimes there's respiratory depression. And so it's something that health providers who administer it really say needs to be monitored carefully when, when patients are taking it because there are those risks there. And then in Matthew Perry's case, unfortunately, um, you know, he also was taking buprenorphine, which is a medication used for opioid treatment disorder. And those drugs can work together sometimes, too. So that that can sort of be a, a dangerous mix. And finally, if you're taking it unsupervised, you know, ketamine can also just cause accidents. And so folks are, are a bit worried sort of, you know, about making sure that people are taking the drug when they need it safely and in sort of an appropriate supervised manner. It it was popular during COVID or gained some notoriety during COVID? Yeah, so what happened during COVID really is that there were restrictions on prescribing controlled substances virtually. And controlled substances also include things like Adderall. And so when the public health emergency went into place, some of those restrictions were relaxed so that folks could get their medications. And then that also enabled um, providers to start prescribing ketamine virtually online. And so you saw some startup companies sort of emerge offering ketamine, you know, online with a prescription and vetting. And that's something that, you know, some doctors who use it in the clinic have expressed concerns about. Mm. Speaking of clinics, uh, some of them are opening, what, just to administer ketamine or what's what's happening on the clinic front? Yeah, so there are there are ketamine clinics that have popped up where you know they, what they provide is is ketamine services, and um, it's usually an anesthesiologist or a lot of times you you want one with a psychiatrist sort of on on staff or sort of mental health providers, and yeah, they they've popped up and um, they treat things like depression and chronic pain and that sort of thing. And there are also other places that incorporate ketamine sort of into their regular practice. Like, you know, there was a ketamine clinic at Brigham and Women's and, you know, they offer at the Cleveland Clinic for chronic pain. And so, you know, it is, um, 
it's sort of offered all, all over the place for, for a variety of things. It, thanks, Brianna. Brianna Abbott, health reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Welcome into Wednesday. It's time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, we're deep in the heart of the holiday season, and you'd think that we'd have all the answers we need about all the major players surrounding Christmas. Turns out, even one of the world's foremost sources of information needs a little Christmas clarification. For example, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary wants to have some words with Santa Claus, mostly about the names he gave some of his reindeer. In a post to social media yesterday, the dictionary conceded that some of the animals' names make sense, like Dasher, which means one that dashes, Dancer, which is one that dances, and Prancer, which means one that walks or moves in a spirited manner. Saying that a reindeer might reasonably do all these things, but some confusion crept in with Vixen, a word that Merriam-Webster noted can mean a female fox, a shrewish, ill-tempered woman, or sexually attractive woman. With Webster wondering, for all of us, what's going on here, Santa? <laughs> Comet makes some sense, since comets fly, mm-hmm. but Cupid's name caused more head-scratching for them, since it's also the name of the Roman god of love, kind of drifting back into vixen territory. <laughs> the dictionary had no notes for the final two reindeer, Donner and Blitzen, since their names are based on the Dutch words for thunder and lightning, noting that they've always thought that those two were the bad boys oh. of the sleigh. Oh, Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> See, when I think of Donner, I think of uh, the kid the kid who sits in the middle of the classroom uh, doesn't really participate much and d- doesn't want to get called on. That, it, that's it, Donner to me. That That's his, like, his name is Donner? The kid who sits in the no. middle of the class? Uh, no? Yeah, yeah, Like, if I were to profile somebody named yeah. Donner or oh, okay. a reindeer named Donner, I yeah. would think that in perhaps reindeer training class, he sat <laughs> yeah. in the middle, didn't want to get called on. I mean, I don't think I've ever, you know, run into a Donner out in the world, no. if you. But no. no, but you're saying no. that that that's is just Donner. That's the image it conjures up. Okay. And then Blitzen, to me, like, daily trips to the principal's office. Right, yes. Probably, you know, like... Um, like you know, like the fart spray in the gym locker room—that mm-hmm. that's blitzing to me right. doing that well, type stuff. Keeping with the bad boys of the yeah. sleigh theme that right. uh, that Webster's pantsing about people here. the whole bit—that that's blitzing. <laughs> makes sense. And uh, speaking of names that may or may not make sense, it's the time of the year for cities to name their snowplows for the winter. As you know, cities have ceded that responsibility to people on the internet, which always makes for some interesting responses. South Lake Tahoe tried this for the first time this year and just released their top ten voted names. Over 1,000 people voted, and they picked from a list of 36 names. No write-ins, unfortunately. Decals with the names will be put on South Lake Tahoe's snowplows for the season. The top 10 names in reverse order are Snowbaka, Austin Plowers, Sleetwood Mac. That's one for you. <laughs> Clearopathra, Sled Zeppelin, Darth Blader, Snowby Juan Kenobi, Scoop Dog, Plowy McPlowface, of course, and coming in at number one, the Big Laplowski. Wow! Yeah, nicely done. Always a lot South of Lake Tahoe. Yeah, always a lot of Star Wars theme ones yeah, for, for whatever the reason. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how about that Sleetwood Mac? That's, no, I like that, that one. That's when they threw a bone for you. Definitely caught my attention. Uh, could you please just just play along with me here? Mm-hmm. And say three times fast, sled zeppelin. Look, what are you trying to do? I just, I just want to hear it. Like, <laughs> in, in, in my in the state that I'm in, I know you, with, want, like, you want me to show America like how I say sled zeppelin. Yeah, sled zeppelin, sled zeppelin. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought that would be a tongue twister for me. Like, well, sled, I had some practice the first time around. I don't think it went oh. nearly as smoothly. Okay. Very <laughs> clever, by the way, the folks in South Lake Tahoe. Those are yeah. good. Yeah, good names. Not, well, they didn't come up with. See, that's the thing. It's oh, the a pre-approved list, kind of. Yeah, they that's voted true, on true. a pre-approved list. If they had write-ins, it would have been even more. Fun, I think. Well, if they were write-ins, you wouldn't be able to do it because they'd be all vulgar. Well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Thanks, <SFW>. Mike. <laughs> 
advancing the conversation, identifying trends, and informing the world. This is America's First News, this morning with Gordon Deal. Glad you're with us. Eating a plant-based diet can do wonders for your health, right? Studies have found limiting red meat and eating whole grains, legumes, and a variety of colorful fruits and vegetables can lower cholesterol and the risk of cardiovascular disease, prevent type 2 diabetes, even prolong life. But a new study that analyzed more than 200 types of foods finds that when it comes to preventing diabetes, those benefits may only manifest if the plant-based diet is a healthy one that curtails foods that are highly processed or loaded with sugar. The 12-year analysis by the UK Biobank found that those who ate the most whole grains fresh fruits and veggies, and limited their intake of unhealthy options, reduced their risk of diabetes by 24%. Eight minutes in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. A divided Colorado Supreme Court declared former President Trump ineligible for the White House under the U.S. Constitution's Insurrection Clause and removed him from the state's presidential primary ballot, setting up a likely showdown in the nation's highest court to decide whether the front-runner for the GOP nomination can remain in the race. Reaction from GOP presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy. I think that that strikes me as the wrong decision and is appalling for the future of our country. We're not a country where we want the federal police state to decide who is or isn't Running. Colorado's highest court overturned a ruling from a district court judge who found Trump incited an insurrection for his role in the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, but said he could not be barred from the ballot because it was unclear that the provision was intended to cover the presidency. Number two. The chief judge of a Washington, D.C. federal court has ruled that thousands of communications, including text messages and emails, on the cell phone of Republican Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania can be turned over to federal investigators as part of the special counsel's 2020 election probe into former President Trump and his allies. The judge said prosecutors will be permitted to access 1,659 of the more than 2,000 records found on Perry's personal device, which was seized in August of 2022. Number three. So far, shippers have diverted more than $30 billion worth of cargo away from the Red Sea as they face the threat of attacks from Houthi militants in Yemen. Carriers are rerouting vessels as a direct result of 15 strikes in the Middle East body of water since the start of the Israel-Hamas war in October. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller. There is no justification for these attacks on global commerce, and we hope the world will join us in condemning these attacks and working to stop them. At the moment, there are 57 container vessels sailing the long way around Africa instead of cutting through the Red Sea and the Suez Canal. A dress worn by Princess Diana in 1985 is sold for a record $1.1 million at auction, 11 times its estimate. The blue and black dress is now the most expensive dress worn by the princess to be sold at auction, smashing the previous record of $648,800. Diana wore the dress, which features a black velvet bodice embroidered with stars in Florence in 1985 and in Vancouver in 1986. Holy cow. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for being with us. A high school teacher in Las Vegas who took to TikTok to ask for help for her students says people around the world donated enough money and gifts to fulfill the wishes of over 900 students sherry guy a teacher at desert pines high school told good morning america many of the nearly 3,000 students there qualify for free and reduced lunch due to their family's low income levels she brushed away tears recalling that some wishes were as simple as i'd like a bag of chips so i'm not hungry nearly 10 years ago the school started a wish miss program in which students share a holiday gift they want and the reason they want it 
The school's teachers and staff then used their own money to fulfill as many of the students' wishes as possible. In many cases, the gift from the Wishmas program may be the only holiday gift that each student receives. By the way, last Friday, more than 900 students filed into the school cafeteria to receive the present they wished for thanks to the kindness of strangers. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.